Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Sacred Space Podcast. My name is Gina Stockton, and as usual, I am very excited that you are here with me. And today I have a special treat for you. Karen and Mickey Stonier are my guests. Karen and Mickey, I've known for a crazy amount of years. We were together at Horizon Christian Fellowship in San Diego. Mickey is on staff at the Rock Church. He is a pastor chaplain for police and fire departments in San Diego, and the two of them are authors, uh, speakers, teachers, counselors, and just amazing, amazing people who love Jesus and love His church. And so I had a great time chatting with them. This is actually the first of two episodes that are going to feature my conversation with them. And this one, we're going to talk a lot about the power of God's word and and the way God met each of them independently through reading his word and uh, just hear their story. And I hope that you are encouraged that you can glean from their wisdom as they're just pretty amazing mom and dad. And as they would say, grandma and grandpa in the faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy your time in the sacred space. We've known each other for a long time. I mm. met you guys when I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I yeah, started coming back to Horizon in fall of 87. And I was 18. And I went on the mission trip to Scotland. That's where I met Chuck Butler. Came back, and from that point on was in ministry, doing worship. And Horizon became my family. That was mm-hmm. I was an orphan, and I just like I found my home. And that you know, so that's where we met. You guys were on staff, Mickey. You were on mm-hmm. staff at Horizon for many many years. Karen, you were doing women's ministry. You and I did so many <laughs> retreats and things together with Sandy. So. Fun. so there's a lot of history there. So I'm very honored that you're here. You guys are significant people in my life and my journey with Jesus. And um, it's just an honor to have you here. And as far as I'm concerned, you are you are a mother and the father in the faith. Mm-hmm. And you have many, many spiritual children over the years. No, come uh, on, be honest. We're grandma and grandpa yeah. in the faith. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? Because, yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly right. And I would love for you to start wherever you want to start. would love to hear your story. And Gosh, yeah. I, uh, fifth generation Southern California, uh, came to San Diego uh, to be an elementary school teacher. My testimony, you know, so many people hit rock bottom and they come to faith and I was happy with my life, I was loving life, good student, playing volleyball, surfing, but I had the sense of if there's a God, there's heaven and hell, there's accountability, hmm. and so I just wanted, I just started reading the Bible hmm. and the Gospel of Matthew. I came to faith in the reading of the Gospel. Wow. But I didn't awesome. know a lot of stuff, and so. I started looking for a church and asked around, and there was someone at San Diego State invited me to this Monday night Bible study with a guy named Mike McIntosh at Balboa Mm -hmm. Park. Back in the day, it was probably a couple hundred college students. Early 70s. Yeah, and there I just came to faith. I mean, I grew in my faith, and from then on, I got my teaching credential, wanted to work with kids and as I got involved in the church and a church started 
I gravitated to take care of the kids and eventually became the children's director, youth leader, family director, and eventually family pastor. And I met Karen at a prayer meeting I was leading in Mission mm-hmm. Valley. And she had come to faith. Why don't you share? Same way as me. Well, mom. interesting because I grew up in a large Catholic family and went to parochial school for years, but never read the Bible once hmm. and believed I was going to heaven because I was Catholic and I knew <laughs> Jesus died on the cross for my sins. So it was good. But at about 21, 22, I started, I was in San Diego and I was engaged to be married to a much older man who was very wealthy. And I started talking to God and I, I, I said, God, I know you created all this, but where are you and why did you just do this and leave us? Hmm. And I didn't have a, a relationship. I had the head knowledge that I knew he was there. And so one day, it was sunny, I, my brother had sent me a Bible, but I'd never read a Bible. And I decided to read something to go out and lay by the pool. And sure enough, the, this Bible popped out. So I thought, okay, started reading the Gospel of John, and I got saved. Wow. Because I realized that he cared about me. Like, yeah. I, I came from a broken family, parents divorced. I was on my own at 16, and I just never mattered to anybody. I... I didn't belong anywhere Mm. and so I didn't understand that relationship of a heavenly father yeah and as I read the gospel of John and saw Jesus heart I was like he does care about me that's so good I I love that I didn't know that about both of you and I think that's so powerful for people to hear because I think the Bible and the word of God I think is is very much taken for granted right now Mm. and and I think we we don't acknowledge or even recognize the power, yes. the transformative power of God's oh, word. Yeah. Oh, yes. That you don't need fancy programs and all all of the trappings to make God's word appealing or mm-hmm. have it move. It in and of itself is powerful because it's his word, right? And yes. it's so sweet and significant for you to have come to Christ through just reading his word, not because someone is super eloquent or really cool or whatever the case may be. That's, that's really powerful. There's a reason why in the underground church in China, you know, one page at a time is treasured and they memorize it and they pass it from room to room. It's because it is infallible. (laughs) It is the word of God. And with that, over the years, we committed to starting every day reading the scriptures out loud together. Hmm. And that uh, they are, the Spirit gives them life. It's not just, you know, typed words on a page, but yeah. it is the power of God that those words that you read are powerful to transform and to heal and to save and to do all that one might need. And because of my broken past, uh, there was a lot of stuff to deal with. I wasn't addicted to anything, but I had a lot of issues. Yeah. And nobody went to counselors or therapists, and there wasn't all these uh, resources like today. And it was through the constant coming to the scriptures and talking to God about things and being honest with myself that he began to bring healing and show me areas of my life that were shaped by the world and the, and the worldly perspectives. Yeah, so good, so good. I do want to tag on, you know, 
Because the reading of scripture can, you know, knowledge can puff up. Yeah. But love will always build up. And it's good. It's so crucial for people to uh, view the scriptures as a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. truth. The word of God is truth. It's absolute truth. And Jesus is truth. Mm-hmm. And we have a relationship with Jesus, the truth of God. And when you realize, wow, it's not principles just to know, yeah. but it's a relationship yeah. that we can have with God. And he speaks through his word. And, you know, we just were led to not out of obligation or duty mm-hmm. or religion. to, Because I felt separate spiritually from her when we were married early on. And we were as far as east is from the west. You know, I grew up in Southern California, surfing, volleyball. My dad was a police chief and good grades, stayed out of trouble because uh, I feared the wrath of my dad. <laughs> and, and then she was out of her house when she was 16, on her own, didn't finish high school, and in the fast life with movie stars and horse races and all the wealthy really she (laughs) lived a total different life and you bring these two people together yeah there is such potential for different world views and experience but we made a commitment to read the bible together out loud and not out of duty or obligation i'll just tell you it's been one of the greatest blessings to Mm -hmm. this day Mm -hmm. we read through the bible every year but it's there's favor on his word. Yeah. And we've seen favor on, on our lives. And we know it's not because we do anything. It's just God has chosen to lavish us. And the promises of God. Yeah, with yeah. his love. And people come into our home and say, wow, it just seems peaceful. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. that's, we realize, wow, it's the word of God. Mm-hmm. It's good. Um, but it, it's not rigid. It's not law. Because... Yeah. We're saved by grace through faith. And yeah. so the intimacy that we can have with God through His Holy Spirit it just is so freeing to enjoy so that. So good. Yeah. So good. And I think it's hard to come to the Scriptures with a, uh, the perspective and approach that... And you know the importance of the Word, but a lot of us have these roadblocks in our minds where when you... When you're sitting with your Bible, you're actually, if you picture Jesus sitting there and it's over and over the scriptures, he says, these are written that you will know me. Yeah. And so to, to approach it in a, in a really different way as far as Jesus is here with me, he's speaking to me, I want to speak to him. I'm not just reading through the chapter, but how do I know you, friend? Because yeah. Jesus said, I call you my friend. So yeah. he wants a friendship with you. He yeah. he wants to be father. He wants to be your counselor. And and that really, so much of the guidance we want in relationships, at work, decisions in our life, it's, it's going to him and asking for the leading in the Holy Spirit. And as your father, won't he give you what you asked for? Yeah. If he gave a son? Yeah. And, and just that more relationship of you're here with me now yeah and when you're in ministry I've been in ministry 45 years and I've seen sadly yeah, so many people can identify their identity mm-hmm. by what they do yeah and you can well I'm a pastor yeah I'm this don't you know I'm a prophet mm-hmm. I'm and you lose the intimacy of 
just it's a relationship with the living God. What I do is not who I am. Yeah. Who I am is God's son, daughter. Yeah. And to be freed from the encumbering of having to self-protect this image. Yeah. Because God pulls that all away. And just to be real, to be vulnerable. We don't have a perfect marriage. We don't have perfect kids. We don't have a perfect anything, but we have a growing relationship. And I, I love when Jesus turned the water into wine, uh, where the master of the feast says, you saved the best for last. Mm, and I, that's good. Mm-hmm. I personally believe that God, the older you get, the better it better. should get. It's true. Though yeah, I, yeah. my outward man is getting older, the inward person is renewed day by day. Yeah. And it's real life. And my kind of life verse, if I had a life verse, would be Psalm 1611. And my presence is fullness of joy. At my right hand are pleasures forevermore. Mm, And it's our desire to live in the pleasure of God, to enjoy Him, to glorify Him. And I don't want to sound religious, all the coin things you should probably say, but it's real. It is. And it's raw, and it doesn't have to be religious, rigid, and me against something else, or all of that. Mm. It's just. Every day, it's an intimate relationship, walking with God. Yeah, and when you're in that place, you're not having to prove your worth, right? Nope. And yeah. it's it's. Um, I teach a prayer class, and um, when we talk about identity, and we talk about the Word, and we talk about your relationship with the Word, it's it's so different to to read to know about God than right. it is to know, know Him. him yes. You know, I and and the analogy I use is a lot of people can know a lot about my husband. You Google Norm Stockton; he's a mm-hmm. bass player. There's a lot of information about him. You can find out that he was born in Japan and when he started playing bass and just all of this stuff. But I know him. I can anticipate yeah, what he's yeah. going to say. I know what he's going to order at the restaurant we're at. I know, you know, I I can, when he walks in a room, I can, I know what mood he's in. If he's happy, (laughs) if he's tired, if he's feeling sick, because I've invested in knowing him. And spent time. And spent time. And there's a difference between spending time in proximity and actually with. And that's the thing is, is, is the invitation to be with. And that's, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the war between religion and relationship. That was the, yes. the war between pharisaical mindset and the day of Jesus and what yeah. Jesus came to bring. It's like, no, it's John 17. It's come. He was demonstrating what dependence and intimacy with the Father was and inviting us to have that with Him. Right. But so good. It's so, so good. good. And the enemy's number one tactic yeah. is to distort that. As long as he can keep us in that place of doubting mm-hmm. that God. Care, wants to be in an intimate relationship with us and keeps us in that place of having to yeah. prove something or having to work for it or having to hide ourselves. Oh, so then, good. You're speaking my he, love language. The, right. Yeah, this then he's, yes. he's laughing all the way to the bank, right? Yeah. Well, and it, as you were speaking, it made me think of so many, because of over the years, so many thousands of people we've got to work with, volunteers and people, you will see their heart for God, but then they get into these roles or they're volunteering in certain positions, whether it's worship or whatever ministry at the church or outside of the church. And because we live in a world that our identity is, uh, oh, what do you do? I do yeah. this. That's I'm important by what I do. Yeah. It's so easy for us, and it is that constant battle and war, to fight against 
no, I'm a child of God and I'm doing this because I love him and I love his people. Yeah. And it be, becomes, well, I lead this ministry or I'm helping here or I'm on stage. And it's, it is, it's a, I've seen it over and over that the identity becomes in what they do for Jesus and then they feel good about their relationship with God by what they do and well, not who they are. Right. And, and that was my life you know, mm. back in the early horizon days, because I was, you know, my parents weren't married. My dad, both my parents were alcoholics. My dad was a lounge singer. My mom was a cocktail waitress. It was my mom's best friend who invited her to church. She said no, and then invited me to church. And at 12 years old, we walked into the old North Park Theater on yeah. a Sunday yeah. morning, and John and Lisa Wickham were leading oh. worship. And at 12 years old, I knew, I walked in during worship, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Like, I don't know what this is, but I want this. Right. And so that started my journey with Jesus, right? I had no clue what I was doing. But when I came back, I'm, I'm skipping a lot of stuff, but when in 87, after high school, and I came to Horizon, was in Claremont, and I started coming, my, I didn't feel like I deserved to be there. Right. right. You know, it's yes. like I accepted Jesus and I'm grateful. And but, you know, the worship ministry was like, well, I can do this. Is uh-huh. this OK? And so my identity was fully wrapped up in service, not and it wasn't, a, oh, I'm great because I can sing. It was like, this is the little thing I think mm-hmm. I can do. Is this is this yeah. OK? And, and is this OK? Can I stay now? Can I just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like the prodigal son going, can I wash the dishes? I can yes, wash the dishes. Exactly. And then when Jesus yeah. keeps wanting to take him to the head of the, you know, when the father wants to take him to the head of the table, it's like, no, you know. And one of the hardest things for me was when, because you know, I was on the worship team there. I was involved in ministry, leadership, all sorts of stuff right. for a lot of on years stage. on stage, yes. a lot, the whole thing. And then I got pregnant with Carly and then Lauren and then Norm, who was working at the city full time, then started t- traveling with Maranatha Music and doing all sorts of things. And then Roy Cochran and yes. Chris went to another church and, and God started pulling me out. So Norm started we met doing ministry together. We met yeah. serving together, going on the road together. And then suddenly God keeps pushing him that way and pulling me out and um, with the kids. And I was like lost. I had the hard, I just had the hardest Identity. time. And, yeah. and Jesus just came back. I don't need your gift. I yes. want you. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so, good. so painful, yeah. but so necessary and so powerful to come back to that. But just this isn't anything yeah. that I'd want to be with. <laughs> you know, and, just, and most people feel that way. Most people just, feel that way. Yeah. And here I was a stay-at-home mom. But at the end of the day, half the time, I was scared. I was doing a terrible job feeling <laughs> and, you know, having to come back to dependence, having to come back to trust, having to come back to um, fighting the lie, fighting the did right. God really say, fighting the, well, look at you. <laughs> you know, or whatever, but such a, you know, he's so kind mm-hmm. and he's so loving to bring those to those places because mm-hmm. he loves us too much to leave us in that place of distorted understanding and distorted identity. And uh, mm-hmm. he loves us too much to allow those strongholds to stay in between us yes, and him. Yes, Right. And when you say, you know, the whole, I, I like to tell people the whole summary of the Bible is with. If you could summarize the Bible so good. in one word, it's Jesus. But the covenant of God that he says, this is all through, repeated all through from Exodus to 
the conclusion of the Bible, you know, in Revelation, God says, I, you know, I will be your God, you will be my people. It's mm, good. Uh, I want you to know that I'm God. And that's the relationship. But I, I like to tell people that, you know, Christianity is not a religion. It's, and then you hear, well, it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's not a relationship in the sense, limited there. Because I have a relationship with a barista (laughs) at Starbucks. Knows nothing about me, cares nothing about me. But we have a relationship. She knows my drink. Right. And so, well, you know, I can walk in and, oh, you want... And, but it's, it's intimacy. Yeah, it's good. It's what you're describing. It's the withness. And, you know, I... I think of our witness should depend upon our withness. Mm, the more good. we're with God, the brighter mm-hmm. He dominates. We we have a leadership class at the Rock, and we're looking at this whole identity piece, and it's mm-hmm. like the iceberg. Iceberg, ten percent is above water. That's what we do, but ninety percent is underwater. That's yeah. unseen. Yeah, and that's your identity. It's your core. It's your character. It's your integrity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of emphasis is often on what is seen yeah. and what you do. That's your behavior. But your behavior has to grow from the solid identity, and that's being with God. Yeah, uh, well, That's the abiding of John 15. Yeah, And I wanted to touch on something you said about that, and it goes ties in with the identity and who you are. And the... The battle, I think, for all of us, whether you're on the stage or you're greeting at a door or you just come to the church, is how do we discover that? How do we get to a place? Okay, we have our Bible. We have the church. And so here I am. I I know who I am, and I know I'm not good enough, and I know I can't do enough. Mm-hmm. And so where is it? How do I get to that place more of freedom and of accepting love. It was hard for me because I wasn't loved. I didn't really have a mom. My dad was a workaholic. He was never around. Is to be loved by God, how to receive that, that, yeah, that I didn't have to do anything to be worthy of his love. And mm-hmm. it's and and for me, and I know God does it individually as we all have different personalities, but the promises of God as you are again in the scriptures discovering who you are how God made us, what he thinks about us, how much he loves us, how he sent his son. I see my value then in what God has done. Yeah. And I can be vulnerable. He sees the worst side of me. He loves me seeing all the dirt in my heart, all my past, and he loves me anyway. Yeah. And it's a relationship unlike any that you can have with anybody. Yeah. Because only he knows us as well as, and we, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Yeah, it's so good. I love that um, even when you were sharing your testimony and, and reading the Bible, and you said that you had all of this stuff in your life, but you were, you were just through reading the Bible starting to yes. realize that. And I think that for, such a, for so many years, the importance of emotional health was left out of the conversation yes. with spirituality, especially especially post-Jesus movement. And I think some of that is because in the Jesus movement, a lot of people got miraculously yes. delivered and set free and saved all in one fell swoop, delivered of alcoholism and drug addiction. And so it was old things are passed away, everything's new, you're saved, you're done. But what I love 
about the Bible is that Jesus never heals the same twice. Some people, it's miraculous moment in the moment. Sometimes there's a gradual path to freedom and healing. Right. But I think people have oftentimes felt like Christianity or Jesus and emotional wholeness don't fit together. But the reality is that Jesus is a very emotionally healthy person. He's a very emotionally, relationally healthy leader. The way he leads his disciples, his patience with them, his love for them, his ability to pick up an ear and put it back on when it's lopped off in the garden. I mean, all of those things, even in his telling Peter, you're going to deny me, it was not filled with this shame and accusation. Yes. It was it was preparation for someone he loved, and he knows you're, you're going to go through it, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, to help him navigate. This is coming, you know? Yeah. And um, there's something so significant in our, in our ability to receive is probably at the core of so much brokenness in the church. So many people who Mm -hmm. are saved, they've asked Jesus into their hearts, but they haven't been able to make that journey from there to fully receiving. They want to be the prodigal and they want to wash dishes in the kitchen, but the last thing they want to do is sit at the head of the table. And I feel like that son's ability to receive that robe and that ring is entirely dependent on his view of the father. Absolutely. Yes. And it if is. that's coming from a place of love or not, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the mm-hmm. that's the, the dilemma, core, right? right? Yeah. And the power of the gospel. You yeah. Know, the whole book of Romans is the heart of the Bible, the history it tells the whole gospel story and Paul's explaining that law and that the law is satisfied in Christ. Mm-hmm. This touches on what you were just sharing. So many believers don't understand the freedom that they have. They're not under the law, not under a judge, mm-hmm. but in Christ. Yeah. By grace. Yeah. And our relationship, when I sin, when Karen sinned, gosh, I think it was probably 10 years ago, <laughs> I think when she sinned last. But, uh, you know, when I sin, a lot of people, when as Christians, they feel condemnation. They feel yeah. shame mm-hmm. and they hide because they're under a, a law relationship with yeah. the judge. But that is not the gospel. We have a relationship with the Father and Jesus calls us friends. So when I sin, I'm not condemned but I'm loved by a father, yeah. and I am encouraged mm-hmm. to acknowledge and the prodigal son, to yeah. return to the loving arms. It's such a powerful perspective to take, but our wounds go so deep that we all self-protect. Karen started a book, and then I joined her. We finished yeah. the book, Get Out of Control, yeah. Finding Freedom and Letting Go, and it's on this whole journey of, vulnerability, Mm -hmm. uh, the intimacy with the Father. Because when we are wounded, uh, our hurts and pains from childhood, our parents' upbringing, all the adverse childhood experiences we can have, our brain is wired to self-protect. Yeah. And yet the power of the Spirit is to set us free from all the world, the flesh, the devil, and to, when you learn to become totally transparent and vulnerable, and it's a process to grow in throughout your life, there's such freedom when mm-hmm. you don't have to protect yourself, defend yeah. your reputation, mm-hmm. your identity, 
all of that wrapped up in that. You just own it mm-hmm. and you're free. Free. Totally free. And yeah. to find the empowerment uh, that God has for all of us as parents, as husband mm-hmm. and wife, as people involved in ministry, to just enjoy the acceptance of the Father. I don't ever have to defend myself. Yeah. I don't have to create an image. If I blow it, I can own it, acknowledge it, and I don't have an image I try to bear. And, yeah. uh, get out of control. And yeah, no, it's, it's just good. a great perspective. And, and oh, the irony that that the, the very thing that we think is trying to is built to yes. for protection is yes. the thing that's that's keeping us from the freedom. In prison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Those are those strongholds. We're gonna pick up where we left off in the next episode, but I wanted to pause here, and I wanted to give all of us an opportunity to come back to our relationship with God's Word this active, living, breathing, miraculous word that can bring healing, freedom, and salvation, that can transform us, that can convict us, that can soothe us, that can comfort us. If we let it, if we approach it as a vehicle of intimacy, a vehicle of relationship, a way to know our Father, a way to have that intimacy, that withness with Him. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you and I thank you for your presence. And I thank you for your word. Father, I pray for every son and every daughter who's listening right now. Lord, are there areas in our lives? Are we intimidated or scared? Do we have baggage? Have we become flippant about your word? Lord, show us those things. And Father, I just pray for healing and redemption and restoration. God, this is an invitation for us to come close, for us to rediscover your still small voice, for us to hear you, for us to see you. So Lord, have your way. Bring healing and restoration, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you would go on a journey of rediscovery of God's Word, of His love letter to you. In our next episode, we are going to talk more about Karen and Mickey's book, Get Out of Control. But if you'd like to check out the book before then, you can follow the link in the episode notes to Amazon and purchase one so you can check it out beforehand. If you would like to support the production of this podcast and other projects by Stockton Ministries, you can click the donate button in the episode notes. And hey, if you are encouraged by this episode, if you have a friend or family member or someone you know who you think might be, spread the word. Would you share it on Instagram? Put it on your story. Throw it on Facebook. Text it to somebody. Tag us if you post it. And just let people know because uh, we just want people to 
receive the invitation to come closer, know that they are seen, that they are known, and they are loved, and to receive the gift of God's love. I hope you have an amazing week. Hang in there. I know it's been a rough year, but God is with us. He is so present in the middle of all of it. God bless you. We'll see you next time in the sacred space.